Every night is hockey night on ESPN+. Plus. Tonight, the Bruins continue their chase for the best record in the league. So it's the best team against the best player, Connor McDavid and the Oilers. Going head-to-head face-off schedule for just after 7.30 Eastern. Then Saturday, we have the Bruins again. This time on ABC, hosting the Red Wings. That game will be followed by the Flyers and Penguins. You can see all the action on ESPN+. And with that, we welcome you to another extraordinarily busy hour here on Get Up as we come to you live, as always, above the Heineken River deck at Pier 17. Diana's here. The coach is here. Bartholomew has got a lot to say. Booger McFarlane here today. Vince Carter and Zach Lowe as well as we go through what could have been and may wind up having been a very significant moment in the NBA season last night and it didn't even happen during a game. Guys, watch the left ankle of Kevin Durant in pregame warm-ups. This was supposed to be his debut at home as a member of the Suns, but there's a wet spot on the floor and you see the left foot slip and the ankle turn. He did not play in the game last night. There is definitely some concern. There will be an MRI today. In the meantime, let me show you the game. Pick it up with just under four minutes to go in the first quarter. It has been the Devin Booker show from the minute Kevin Durant got there, even without him on the floor. Look at D. Book just getting it done. He had 30 in the first half, Suns, by eight at the break. Third quarter, more of the same. Booker, watch him using screens. Top of the circle and knocking that one down. Suns, a 12-point lead. Final seconds, third quarter. The lead has grown to 22. Count the jerseys. Count the orange jerseys trying to get in his way, but nothing will stop him. Suns scored 44 points in the third. That's their most in any quarter this year. And then here's Devin Booker. He's at 39. He's looking to go over 40, and he does. He would finish with 44, the first Phoenix player ever to score 40 in under 30 minutes of playing time. But the story is KD, Coach. He's out there working his tail off, getting ready for the game, and he twists his ankle. So, I mean, you can't get frustrated about that. It's just, it's life. You know what I'm saying? I feel bad for him because he feels bad. He feels like, you know, I saw his face and I've, I've been around him so many times. I, I know what he's feeling, and I don't want him feeling that way at all. Uh, There's no reason to speculate on how much time he might miss. Again, we will get an MRI result today, but injuries have been the story. Look at this. The last four seasons, Durant has missed more games than he's played. When he's on the court, his teams win about 67% of the time. When he's off the court, it's less than 50%. That's the difference right now between the Sixers record and the Lakers record in the current standing. So we'll have more insight from Vince Carter and company later in this hour, but we sort of breathlessly await word on KD. Speaking of breathlessly awaiting, what will happen with Lamar Jackson? This story taking quite the turn this week is the Ravens electing to use the non-exclusive franchise tag on him. That means another team could sign him to an offer sheet and then just trade two first-round picks to the the Ravens, and then it could be Lamar on another team. It's going to require a ton of cap space to acquire him at his current asking price. There are seven teams right now with over $30 million in cap space, including Falcons, Texans, and Raiders, who all have question marks at the quarterback position. But we did hear from some of these teams almost immediately that they were not going to be involved in the Lamar Jackson. Yeah, and I think that were, it was a little odd at first, right? And let me just take you behind the curtain of just reporters, right? So the second the story breaks that Lamar was tagged, you immediately start reaching out to teams that are in need of a quarterback, which is exactly what I did. And the Atlanta Falcons just happened to be the team that I reached out to, and they shared with me that they are not going to be in the market for Lamar Jackson. And 
This isn't because that, that was a response immediately to the news. <laughs> They've had their eye on this for a long time. Everyone knew that there was problems in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. So if they were, if a team was looking for a quarterback, they obviously watched that, did their own little research from afar, and made a decision where they wanted to go with that. So, yes, it seemed like there were a lot of teams coming out saying no, but the reason why they're saying no isn't because of Lamar Jackson. It's because of the guaranteed contract. That seems to be the consistent issue with teams being a little but, hesitant. But it's still really early. It's right now. This could, you know what, this is going to change. It, but, it just has to. But uh, why the face? Because tell me you colluding without telling me you colluding. Uh, because how, uh, how, how can you say it's about the guaranteed money when you haven't even had a conversation with Lamar Jackson? So how can you say, hey, I'm not in a Lamar Jackson race if you haven't had a conversation with the agent of Lamar Jackson, which is Lamar Jackson? So you can't exclude yourself. Because it's, it's been okay. very, very okay. clear with the NFLPA also assisting him in counseling that he wants you, the guaranteed money. So yeah. he wants $230 million. You can give him a 10-year contract and give him $230 million guaranteed and still have the salary cap relief that you need. And don't give me the two, the two first-round draft picks. Jamal Adams went for two first-round draft picks. Jalen Ramsey went for two first-round draft picks. Lermy Tunsil went for two first-round draft picks. Khalil Mack went for two first-round draft picks. He's an MVP, and he's 26 years old in the most important position in sports. And you're telling me that these teams aren't willing to give up two first-round draft picks and $230 million? What you're, what you're hearing is, is the voice of a lot of NFL players. I, I have heard that from so many players this week. I don't that like Booger's face right now. He, well, he, 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 we have not the, heard from Booger yet. So, Booger, the floor is yours, my friend. What is your perspective on not only the way the, this went Tuesday with the Ravens and Lamar, and then more significantly, all of the drama that has unfolded since. Well, Greeny, I think what happened Tuesday was inevitable. They've been trying to get this deal done for two years, and I think the Ravens have, have basically drawn a line in the sand saying, you know what? We think we know what your value are value is. Our owner, Steve Bashotti, uh, has told us what we're willing to pay you from a guaranteed money standpoint, and here's how we're going to go about doing it. And you know what, guys? Like, like you really can't fault the Ravens. If you, I understand Lamar Jackson is a young MVP quarterback, and this league is built around the quarterbacks, and there are a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. But he's missed a lot of games the last couple of seasons. And if you're an organization, Greeny, Bart, Herm, Diana, if, if you're an organization and you're a, a billion-dollar owner, are you willing to invest that type of money in a guy that uses his legs a lot and has been hurt a lot? I get it. He's dynamic. I get it, he's an MVP. I get it, he is a rare, rare commodity. But the likelihood of, being, of, of him being hurt, more often than not, seems like it's a really, really high likelihood. And so I just think from an ownership standpoint, they're just saying, you know what? We don't think your value in the NFL is what, we th- what you think it is. And so if you think you can go out and get the Deshaun Watson guaranteed money, if we think you can go out and get the Kyler Murray guaranteed money of $190 million, then you go ahead and do that. I think we've seen so far, I think we've seen so far, based on the reporting, not a lot of teams are lining up to give him that type of money and the two first-round picks, Bart, you talked about. It's not just the two picks. It's the two picks plus the guaranteed money. So here's my thing. If nobody's going to do that, then what does Lamar do? I think the Ravens bet on no other team doing that. And right now, the ball is in Lamar's court. 
So let me get Herman in here because, yeah. Herman, I'm always fascinated by your perspective on these because it comes from so many different places. You were a player a yes. very long time. You were a coach a very long time. So you've been in, in different slots in, in conversations like these. What is your perspective on watching all these teams that seem to be publicly backing away? In the beginning, I thought uh, the Ravens uh, picked the wrong tag, but it looks like they picked the right tag in the fact that they knew the market, in other words, uh, what the market would say because of the guarantee. Mm -hmm. The two-round draft choice, first-round picks, that's not enough for Lamar Jackson, to be quite honest. Yeah. But I think when you're Baltimore, you looked at it, they have more information than Lamar has. Lamar doesn't have an agent. For him to understand that, you know, not only is the Baltimore Ravens a team, there's other teams. When you don't know those GMs, you don't understand the information you need to gather before you decide that you want a guaranteed contract. Right. And so he's sitting in a place now. He's kind of shoved himself in a corner. I hope they get this thing worked out where he ends up with Baltimore. I do think he's going to go back to Baltimore. But all of a sudden, the code of silence has just came up. It's just got silent on Lamar Jackson. It's like, really? And, and so and maybe because it doesn't start until Monday. But look, these owners are smart now. Yeah, they do not want a Deshaun Watson deal to become part of the NFL. Right. They don't want that. I've been in this league for I was leaguing this. Well, I don't know what it's called. Forty years I was in this league. Forty years as a player, a coach at different different places, <laughs> and the one thing they've always said: we will not fully guarantee contracts. What are they doing in Cleveland now? What are they doing with your guy in Cleveland? Well, they're asking them that maybe have some years on so they can get some salary cap relief. Yeah, yes. I mean, look, it, <laughs> it, 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 things can. Things can smell the way they smell without rising to the legal definition of something like collusion. Here's the thing I would be most concerned about if I'm the Ravens. If I really do want him back, yeah. hurt feelings. is that the, uh, this could humiliate him. I mean, you've put him in a position to be mm -hmm. humiliated. He is now very publicly out there by himself in a corner. Yeah. You just used that term. And if the entire NFL, for whatever reason, because I don't think, to Diana's point, I don't think it is as much a statement about what the league thinks of him as a player as what it thinks about guaranteed contracts in general. General, but he's now the one who's gotten some soft stock in the middle of it. And if this becomes something that is humiliating to him, it could turn much more negative. It could turn to a place yeah. where he may want to wind up wanting to be somewhere else, yeah. even if it isn't a better financial offer, just because the whole thing has gotten so ugly. Well, Green, he can dig in and do the Kirk Cousins treatment. Nobody, No quarterback has made more money than Kirk Cousins in the last five years. So, yes. listen, if the Ravens realize that he's not going to sign a long-term contract with them, period, next year, then they're probably going to have to try and get something for him. Because the last thing you want to do is to have him play two more years for you. You give him, what, nine, what $90 million in three years, and he walks away, and you have nothing to show for it. And then what will Lamar Jackson be at 28 years old on the open market with no compensation needed? You just said something. And, and this is if I was playing. Yeah. I was a player in the league. I was Lamar Jackson, a really good player. I'm signing a two-year contract. And I'm going to bet on myself every two years. I'm going to get a bite of the apple. Every two years I know I'm coming up again. And I'm going to bet on me. I'm not going to worry about getting hurt. Players don't think about getting hurt. No. When you start thinking about getting hurt as a player, look, I never missed a snap. I never missed a start. I never worried about getting hurt. So you can take that out of the equation. People say, well, he's going to get hurt. Ah, stop all that. I'm going betting on me two years. I'm going to get a bite of the apple, and then I'm going to get another bite. That, that's the NBA's way of doing things. Parenthetically, Herman never missed a snap in practice. His entire career in the NFL, never missed a practice, much less a play or in a, a meeting game. or a show. You're always so, here. Uh, so tell, tell us, Diane, I'm going to give you the final yeah, word on I, this here I, because I, the league has to be reacting to this. They, they are because I think the league is looking at what the Baltimore Ravens issue 
has been with Lamar, which was the durability and the guarantee money. And I just think that's going to be the consistent theme until we see an owner say, you know what? He can change the direction of our franchise for the next 10 years. Let's go all in. So until we see an owner step up to do that, I think Lamar Jackson's going to wind up being a Baltimore. Well, yeah. Baltimore, you want Lamar Jackson to be more durable? Get us some top-notch receivers so he don't have to carry 85% of the offense on his back. Yeah. Uh, look, there's a lot of – this is my point. Like, I, I feel like there is so much potential for this thing to get ugly if it isn't no, already ugly. Right. Yeah. And once that happens, you never know where it all winds up. All right, stay right where you are. As we continue, we get back to the Aaron Rodgers mm. situation. Diana's been working the latest. I see everyone citing her reporting this morning. The Rodgers riddle rolls toward a result. We'll tell you exactly what the teams are expecting. Plus, Kawhi dumped all over the Raptors and then... A former All-Star dunked all over the officials. Uh, the kind of rant that you very seldom hear. Don't miss it as this hour continues. It's Get Up on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, or you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, their most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to state-of-the-art technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Anniversary savings await you for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals that's dell.com slash deals back on get up and of course the story everyone is breathlessly waiting for in the nfl the future of aaron Rodgers after a contingent from the new york jets including the owner flew to california on tuesday to meet with him, and now we wait impatiently. Some current Jets are getting in on the recruiting pitch, including uh, their, one of their best, I think their best defender, Quinnen Williams, retweeting a video of Rodgers playing golf and saying, hey, Aaron, I know some amazing golf courses in New Jersey and New York City that you can golf at all season. Uh, and I would just throw into that, uh, frankly, <laughs> so do I. <laughs> and uh, he is welcome anytime. Bayon Golf Club Booger's been there with me many times, uh, and he's welcome literally any time that he wants, uh, Aaron. So let's get out there and tee him up as soon as we so possibly can. So you brought can. me to be like the resident New Jersey ambassador here. That's and correct. Say, All right, Aaron, here's some good restaurants. Here are some great places to visit. And look, 
the pride of Weehawken to my right here, <laughs> Diane Ruccini, according oh. to, uh, to, to to Chris Mad Dog Russo. Okay, <laughs> let's get serious. All What's right, the latest? So the, the all seriousness, the New York Jets are poised to land Aaron Rodgers. They feel very optimistic that this poised. is going to be able to get done. They've thrown every <laughs> possible resource at Aaron, including obviously their owner, owner Wayne Johnson, green. flying out on his private jet along with the rest of the Jets front office and their coaching staff, including offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett, who we know has this great relationship with Aaron Rodgers going back to their days in Green Bay. So here we are, right? The Jets feel good because they gave everything they possibly could right. to Aaron Rodgers to say this is the place where you can come and not only win, but perhaps add to your legacy. But it's going to come down to Aaron Rodgers' decision, right? That's been the bottom line on every part of this story. It's going to come down to what Aaron Rodgers wants to do. But the Jets feel like this is moving in the right direction and that he could possibly wind up in New York. Okay, so again, so I was, <laughs> Take a breath. Uh, all right, so look, I mean, nothing this good has ever happened before, so I'm having a difficult time managing the emotions and expectations. Booger, you're my friend. Help me um, your, and, and give your perspective on all of this because clearly Rodgers has to look at this situation and say, He's not coming to New York just for fun, right? He's got to decide that at this stage of his career and his life, he has a chance to really accomplish something. If you were in his shoes, would you feel that you could? Well, no doubt, Greedy. And and I think all the Aaron Rodgers slander over the last year has been highly, highly uh, way too much, Greedy. He's less than 400 days, Greedy, removed from winning in the MVP of this league. And I think people forget that. I think people forget the fact that his thumb was broken last year. And, and, and the, the lack of rapport that he had with his receivers played a big part in the type of season that he had. And I think Aaron Rodgers, you know, I, I've heard you talk about a scorched earth tour. Mm-hmm. I don't think if he does come back, it's going to be that greeny. I just think it's going to be reestablishing, hey, you know who I am, right? I, I'm Aaron Rodgers. Like, I'm a dude that I, I, I'm one of the best quarterbacks in football. When I show up, I make a difference. And, and I think him taking the leadership role of coming in, if he decides to choose so, coming in, and getting with this team, they're going to look up to him. This is almost going to be like when Tom Brady came to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Everybody down here in Tampa looked at Tom like he was a god. All Tom had to say was jump, and everybody in this town, in this organization, said how high, Greeny. And we saw what happened with the Buccaneers their first year. They went to a Super Bowl, and they had a ton of success. I think this could be a very similar situation if Aaron Rodgers is all in. And by all in, I mean this. No, you don't have to come and throw at high school fields like Tom Brady did in Tampa. <laughs> but what you have to do is show that you're committed when the, when the young receivers and the young playmakers say, we need help. Be a leader. Whatever that leadership role means, go out and be a leader and show that you're invested. Because if Aaron Rodgers is invested, I still think he's one of the top five quarterbacks in football, regardless of how he played last year. I still think he's a top five quarterback. And in New York, a rejuvenated, motivated Aaron Rodgers, Greeny. I'm not saying we need to go put out a take out a bet on the Super Bowl, Greeny, but they will be one of the favorites for me in the AFC. <laughs> All right. So, 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 yeah, Herman. So, so here's the other piece of this that I think people need to t- t- to bear in mind that the Jets are going to be whoever their quarterback is are going to have a new offense this year because of Nathaniel Hackett. Yes. Aaron Rodgers can teach that offense. He knows it better than anybody does. Yes. So he can teach it to the young players, to the Garrett Wilsons, who he could turn into Devontae Adams uh, in the blink of an eye, and some of the others. He, he could play that role, and I think that's as valuable. We talk about Brady and what he brought down there. Uh, 
Brady sort of, it seemed, clashed a little with Bruce Arians early on on what the offense was going to be. They're running the offense that he had all of his success with. Not only that, he has a great relationship with Nathaniel Hackett. That's what I mean. And he, he respects Nathaniel Hackett enough mm-hmm. to where when the offseason shows up, Aaron Rodgers is going to show up. He'll, he'll show up because he respects Nathaniel Hackett. That's the kind of you know, relationship they had together. So he's sitting in a good spot. And think about this. When Aaron Rodgers walks into your locker room, the players alone like, oh, we got Aaron Rodgers. Remember, this offense has not been a top 10 offense since 2008 with Brett Favre. That's correct. Now, all of a sudden, you're a top 10 offense. Before even – when he walks in the locker room, you're a top 10 offense. Without them doing anything, you're a top 10. Now, they, they got to add some pieces. We, we understand that. But the energy in the building has changed. I witnessed this when Joe Montana came to the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Same thing. He walked in the locker room. The receivers stayed the same, but they were scared to death to drop the ball in practice because it was Joe Montana. You know, and we got Marcus Allen. Mm-hmm. Those two guys alone changed the whole culture of our locker room. Bartholomew. It's the acknowledgement of a mistake, right? Zach Wilson isn't ready. This roster's ready to win. Our young quarterback isn't ready to win. But also, Aaron Rodgers serves as also a mentor to him so you can try and salvage him in a couple of years. But this is a mission that, hey, we believe that we have a team and a roster that can compete not only in his division but compete for a Super Bowl, and we're all in. And I experienced it with Steve McNair. You know, it's the acknowledgement that Kyle Bowler wasn't the player that we thought he – he, he needed to be, but we knew that we had a great roster, and Steve McNair took us to 13-3, and best record in the AFC, and it's the belief. It's the belief from the organization. It's the belief that the organization believes, hey, we believe in all you guys, and we, we, we think we're close, and he's going to have an opportunity. I would say that he has more gas left in the tank than Tom Brady when Tom Brady went to Tampa. He has more gas in the tank than when Peyton Manning went to Denver, so I think why not be able to believe that if they get Aaron Rodgers, he's going to have an opportunity to also attract players and veterans that will play for less money for an opportunity to win a championship on a young roster that I believe everybody believes in. This is this is really um, a, re- a reward to Joe Douglas for what he's been able to do yeah. and hitting in his draft picks in the last couple of years. And one of the most adaptable personalities in terms of coaches that I've been around in the league is actually Robert Sala. He has an incredible way to connect with all types of personalities, all different types of people. And I, I certainly think that's a strength of his, besides obviously calling a defense. I'm going to ask you the impossible question, which is what should we expect a timeline to be here? Because I understand we're dealing with Rodgers, and he is yeah. as unpredictable as anyone in the sport. Yeah, I know you want this for your life, but the problem is I, I don't have an answer. We don't know when Aaron Rodgers is going to inform the Green Bay Packers and the New York Jets that, yes, I'm in, this is what I want to do. Everyone is sitting right now just waiting. And so it's literally just on him at yeah, this point. Yeah, it, I mean, it is on Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers likes this. Yeah. He likes his attention. You know, that's, so he, that, that makes one of us. a smart guy. Yeah. He knows right now, you know what? Right now, March Madness is starting, and all these other things are starting. They're talking about me, Aaron Rodgers. You know, <laughs> last year on March Madness, on, on Selection Sunday, was the day that Brady came out of retirement. But, but you can't that's make not it up. You can't make my, this stuff up. Is that this Sunday? Yeah, that's this Sunday, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 There we got, you we go, got all the shine Aaron Rodgers needs. No, no. I can't make it to Sunday. Uh, no, you have to call him and tell him I can't make it to Sunday. There's oh, no yeah, way. Right on tell time Aaron, time. I need an answer between Don't now. worry about it. He's going into the dark room on Saturday. No, no, he's going to come out on Sunday. <laughs> I'll be, I'm more than happy to join him. All right. As we go, we will see what happens again. Diana's phone keeps ringing, and every time it does, I must fall out of my chair. In the meantime, uh, this was a, a, a potential disaster at the home debut for Durant last night. The injury before the game. You'll hear from Vince Carter and Zach Lowe on what it may be. And here we go, Zach Lowe. Sneaky Hembo's got one for you. 
What was the last team seated outside the top three to win the Western Conference? It's a good question. Answers next. Get up on ESPN. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from $25 and under to $100 and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, we are back on Get Up. The Phoenix Suns are currently seated fourth in the Western Conference. Now, we have no idea where they'll wind up seated, but here's sneaky hembo for Zach Lowe. What is the last team that was seated outside the top three that won the Western Conference? I'm feeling cocky today. I'm feeling cocky. Hembo probably thinks I'm going to go back to the 1995 Rockets, who I believe were the sixth seed and came out of the Western Conference. But no, the NBA had to change the rules after 2006 when they gave divisions way too much power in seeding. And the Dallas Mavericks with 60-something wins had to come out of the number four seed to get to the finals. It's the 2006 Mavs. That is correct. boy, Zach Lowe. I love Bam. it when Hembo is upset. That is really well done. I didn't think he was going to get it. That is a huge win for goodness and decency everywhere. That is very well done by you, Zach Lowe. Now, the reason we bring this up is because the Suns may have uh, suffered an injury. Well, we know they suffered an injury last night. We just don't know how bad it was. Again, we'll show you this video if you've not yet seen it. Kevin Durant was getting set to make his home debut as a Phoenix Sun. Uh, Again, he hasn't even played in Phoenix yet, but you see him slipping in pre-game warm-ups on a wet spot. You watch the left ankle as that clearly turns. We know that after the game, KD was seen in a boot. He will have an MRI today. The entire basketball world waits breathlessly for the result. Now, the Suns have won four straight. By the way, they won big last night. Devin Booker continues to play great. But here's what hangs in the balance in the short run for the Suns. Right now, they're two games out of second place in the West. And they're just three games ahead of being in the play-in. 
So the last 16 games of this year are absolutely critical for seeding, however significant we think that's going to be for their chances of winning a championship. Let's talk about that, Vince Carter. I mean, the Suns, maybe their window extends beyond this year. But for the purposes of this year, if they get, let's just say that Durant misses a little time here and they don't wind up seeded with one of the top seeds in the Western Conference, is this a team that could still wind up making it to the NBA Finals? Making it to the NBA Finals, Greedy, I don't know. I mean, when you have a special player like Kevin Durant, I mean, he demands double teams. He's an unselfish superstar. You see the open shots that Devin Booker is getting while Kevin Durant is on the floor. I know he's – that's one of the reasons why he's smiling so much. So, I, I don't know. When, when we, we, I, I definitely think they make noise uh, in, in the West. But without Kevin Durant, I don't see NBA Finals without him. How critical does seeding feel this year, Zach? Again, there's never been a conference that has been as tightly bunched as the Western Conference is right at this moment. So all of these games are critical. Again, they wound up winning without KD yesterday, but 16 games to go. How how significant do you think the seeding will ultimately wind up being? Yeah, we can go through the precedent as Hembo just did with this trivia question. Yeah, it's rare for a team outside the top three to make the finals. But every year is different. You look at the West right now. Sacramento is number two. Phoenix is not scared of them. The Grizzlies are in chaos. Luka Doncic getting an MRI today in Dallas. The Timberwolves, the Warriors, the Clippers, we keep waiting for those teams to get it together. We really haven't seen that yet. The Pelicans are never healthy. I think if Phoenix gets Kevin Durant back with a few regular season games at full health, They will be fine to make the finals. Obviously, you don't want to be in the play-in tournament. Let's assume they avoid that again. They won last night with Devin Booker leading the way. Kevin Durant is the most easily fittable superstar in NBA history. This is not a case of we need 20 games to figure out how to incorporate him into this set and that set. You plop him in, it's fine. So if he comes back with a few games left in the regular season, and again, we're all waiting in the MRI, we'll see. I don't think seeding is going to be that important to them with the caveat that, of course, you do not want to fall into the play-in tournament if you can avoid it. Yeah, he just mentioned it. The reality is the entire Western Conference playoffs might be determined by two MRI results today. You got KD getting one on the ankle. You have Luka Doncic getting one on his thigh. That one looked bad as well. So we have those stories out there. Then there's this. I, I, I need you to hear this rant that took place last night. It is from Fred Van Vliet of the Raptors. He got teed up in a game in which his team uh, was playing last night. This is not really relevant to the outcome of the game but Van Vliet got teed up and then after the game he went off on the official listen to this I don't mind I'll take a fine I don't really care I thought you know um Ben Taylor was terrible tonight um I thought that on most nights you know a couple other you know out of the three there's one or two that just the game up tonight you're competing pretty hard the third quarter I get a tech Changes the whole dynamic of the game, changes the whole flow of the game. And, um, you know, most of the refs are trying hard. I like a lot of the refs are trying hard. They're pretty fair. They communicate well. And then you got the other ones who just want to be and um, just kind of the game up. Nobody's coming to see that. They come to see the players. And um, I think we're losing a little bit of the fabric of what the NBA is and was. And um, it's been disappointing this season. Um, you can look up most of my texts this year have been with Ben Taylor officiating. So. At a certain point as a player, you feel it's personal. 
So I, I will tell you, that's about as strongly worded as we have heard that type of rant in a very long time. I will give you the context. He said that he feels it's personal. I give you the numbers without any, without meaning to uh, bias the conversation. Ben Taylor is the official he's talking about. Van Vliet has eight technicals. Three of them have come from Ben Taylor. Another of the eight came from another official on a game that Taylor was working. I, I present that um, just as context. Vince Carter, what is your react when you hear a player talking like this about, about an, an NBA official after a game? Again, as strongly worded as that was, what does it make you think? Well, first of all, it makes me think that Fred Van Vliet is comfortable with the money that he's going to have to give back to the league. That's a veteran talking that has a nice bank account and knows that probably fifty to 75000 is on the way back to the NBA uh, but, yeah, I mean, there's, there's players who feel strongly sometimes that they are targeted there uh, you know, by particular referees. You know, there was a thing with CP3 uh, who felt like, you know, he was, you know, whenever he had a particular ref, we know what happened with that. So, uh, you know, the, on, on the other side, I just think with the Raptors who are trying to move up in the standings and, you know, stay in the play-in tournament, hopefully to play themselves out, he doesn't want to get in a situation where he and Ben Taylor go back and forth and then causes them a game that is needed that, you know, that swings the situation for them either way. Uh, Zach, what's your take on this? Because it's a, it really struck me with how strongly he went at it there. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard a player attack a referee that specifically and that pointedly before. And then extend the commentary beyond just Ben Taylor to, you know, there's one or two refs every game, he said, that want to do X, <laughs> Y, and Z. Like, that's a lot of refs. That's a big, big criticism. And frankly, three technicals out of eight or whatever you read for the season is not really persuasive evidence to me. That's not that far above the level of kind of a random coincidence and is it just the text? Is that all? Is that all he's mad about? Someone's because a technical text. one call in a game that you're already losing is really not that gigantic of a momentum shift. I know I'm not on the floor. I've never been on the NBA floor. I don't know what it feels like, but it feels like if you're going to say this guy just is out there to screw up the whole game, it has to be more than one tech that costs you one point in a game you're already down by eight or nine or whatever it was. It, it feels like. Something is a little amiss here. And, and as Vince said, the worst thing for Fred and for Ben Taylor is to make this a thing. What they should do is have a nice conversation before the next Toronto game that he refs, hash it out, move on. Because if this is a thing, it's bad for everybody. And this is already going to be bad for Fred Van Vliet's wallet today. I wanted to get a quick take from Bart on this as well, just to bring a football perspective in, in this relationship. And I will remind everyone, and we can show it to you, one of Bart's legendary moments with an official was there was a penalty called in a game in which he was not comfortable. And, uh, and so you see the moment here. That's Bart. He had uh, words with the official, certainly some things to say. And then uh, you'll see the flag uh, in, involved here. So Bart is going to pick up the flag in the end zone and, <laughs> and throw it. Nice throw. Um, and uh, I, I, the only one not laughing right now is yeah. Bart. Okay, uh, I tell you, haters go hate sometimes. And listen, this is strategic. First of all, for everybody out there that understands <laughs> that when 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 you get um, a fine, it's pre-tax. So and and, and, and it's a tax write-off because it generally goes to charity. Okay. So sometimes it's the cost of doing business. Thank you. But understanding what Van Fleet is doing is he's setting it up for later and when they go because it becomes a thing. So it allows him to protect itself and protect his teammates. Sometimes these, 
these refs be taking they be taking liberties, man. They think we they here to see him. Like, bro, anybody can be a ref. And we all assume that just because somebody's a referee, they're good at their job. It's a lot of people out there that's bad at their job. Half of them work at Foot Locker when they're not, you know, repping. It's not a full-time type of gig. You know, so you gotta realize that sometimes you gotta you gotta make it known. He's protecting his teammates for later, you know, so when he is refereeing a game, he can't cost them. Like he said, it was a pivotal point of the game where he called it and it changed the complexion of the game. And that's wins and losses. It's costing my teammates money. It's cost me money, but it's cost my teammates an opportunity to get into the postseason. D- Diana is actually now reporting that Bart just got fined $25,000 for that comment. That's <laughs> right off. That's right off, well Very well done. Okay. It's pre-tax. Well done. It's, it's pre-tax. Guys, thank you. Pre-tax. Hey, can I show you the best player in all of sports? Absolutely. The best player in sports. Shohei Otani. Meanwhile, on planet Earth, this cake taking place all the way on the other side of planet Earth. Shohei Otani in Japan taking on China and the World Baseball Classic. And look at him working. He's got the high heat in the first inning. Now here he is in the second, dealing another strikeout, looking top of the fourth. Same score, nasty off speed. Otani threw four innings, one hit, no runs, five Ks. And so you say to yourself, did he do anything else? I'm glad you asked. Here he is in the fourth. Bam. That's a double. Scores two runs for Japan. He went two for three at the plate with the two RBIs, and Japan wins it by a score of eight to one. There is no player in sports like Shohei Otani today, here or anywhere. As we continue, it is risky business for the Ravens, who are playing a dangerous game with their franchise quarterback. Who blinks first, Lamar or Baltimore? We're talking about it as we continue. You're watching Get Up on ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, we are back on Get Up, and we are doing free agency bold predictions. Bartholomew Scott, tell me about the Giants. Oh, yeah, I think the G-Man is going to improve the defensive side of the ball. I think Bobby Wagner and Marcus Peterson would be great additions to Wink Martindale in that dominating defense. It requires some goons and some goo goblins. Those are both two of those guys. Those are suddenly, or that is suddenly, a loaded division in a lot of ways. We'll see what the Giants can add. Booger, give me a bold prediction. Greeny, how about free agent wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. to the Buffalo Bills? Von Miller was politicking to get in there last year. OBJ looks healthy. How about they get that thing done in the offseason and give Josh Allen a solid number two receiver? Oh, I like that one. Diana Rossini, give me one. 
Look, the Raiders had to make a really difficult decision, this is their words, um, to, to walk away from Derek Carr and move on. And Jimmy Garoppolo is a player who obviously has that experience with Raiders head coach Josh McDaniels, and this could be them reuniting. They obviously speak the same language. They're going to run a very similar offense, and this looks like a spot that would be perfect for Jimmy Jake. I like it. Herman DeAndre Edwards. Hopkins maybe going to the Dallas Cowboys. You might have to trade for him, but this would be a nice piece for your offense. Big receiver uh, that can win the 50-50 ball. He's good in the red zone. Uh, doesn't have to run fast, but he's in the middle of your field. He'd be a guy that Dak Prescott could lean on in big moments. Okay, I like that one a lot. I, to your point, it isn't a free agent move, but it's one that could happen mm-hmm. during the free agent period. Mm-hmm. And Diane, I'm not, I don't mean to interrupt uh, you. Nope, if you were nothing. working the story over there, I that's more I important. I have breaking news. I don't. I let don't. me come back then. No, no, no. Let's, let's talk DeAndre about this. So, Hopkins. So there's, there's definitely been a lot of chatter about the Arizona Cardinals you know, in the business of perhaps moving DeAndre Hopkins. I've spoken to some teams that have interest in him. I'm not sure what the compensation would be for a player of his caliber. You know, we're, we're, we're two years ago, he was an incredible player. Obviously, he's yes. been dealing with some injuries. So there's going to be a strong market for DeAndre Hopkins. And he recently spoke about it as well, saying that, look, I hear the rumors. I see it coming. It's going to probably happen. And he's got to just go about his business until that becomes official. That's what Arizona decides to do. Look, he's 30 years old. He'll be 31 next season. There was a moment in time, and it doesn't feel that long ago, when I would have argued he was the best receiver in the entire National Football League. His hands are the size of this table. Yeah, I mean, Booger, (laughs) you, you put him on the Cowboys. What are we talking about? Well, Green, if you you put him on the Cowboys, I think the offense now opens up. The problem with the Cowboys last year, Green, it it was Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, and Tony Pollard. Like, those were the only two really explosive offensive weapons you have. Now, if you give Dak Prescott a solid number two receiver, now you have CeeDee and DeAndre. The field opens up. Now you can run the football a little bit more because that's kind of what Mike McCarthy says he wants to do. Tony Pollard now becomes that chess piece that you can move around. So, it's amazing when you slide people in their natural roles and you open the field up how the offense can perform better. So if they get him, yeah, the, the Cowboys are exponentially better. And you put him in the slot. That's where Chris Carter ended up going in his career. Yeah. And became a Hall of Famer. Yes. Put him in the slot. Let the linebackers have to deal with him. Let the strong safety have to try to cover him. They got no shot. Is he still that guy? That's the question. I mean, he's been so good for so long, but yeah. he is getting older and has had injury problems. <laughs> Can he still be that guy? Well, 30 years old from a receiver <laughs> position isn't old, especially in Fair. today's age. I know last year he served a six-game suspension, but to Hearn's point, if you put him in the slot, now you can't get your hands on him. You saw that with Larry Fitzgerald as well. He's a guy that's crafty. He doesn't have to have tremendous separation to be able to make the 50-50 balls. He's a guy that understands how to be crafty, putting the guys on his back. He understands leverage, and he understands you know, coverages as well. So, I think he, he'll go, I think he'll be a, a tremendous addition, but I, I just think that Dallas flirted with OBJ last year, and I think maybe OBJ doesn't want to play outside in the cold, go to the confines of inside of a dome at Jerry's World. One way or another, there's no question the Cowboys missed Amari Cooper last year, yeah. and maybe they make one of these moves to try and find his replacement. Meanwhile, we finished back up where we began, and that is in Baltimore, where we have seen the Lamar Jackson story take several turns this week. It began on Tuesday when the Ravens uh, used the non-exclusive franchise tag on him. That means he is sort of available. Not sort of. He is available now. Teams 
can try and sign him to an offer sheet, and then they could trade two first-round picks to Baltimore, and Lamar Jackson could become their quarterback. And it was notable how many teams came out and immediately were mentioning that uh, to reporters like Diana and others that they had no intention of going after Lamar Jackson, and many people found that. Why are you making that face at me, Booger McFarlane? Well, because Greeny, you said he's available. Like, is he is he really available? Because any offer sheet he signs, the Ravens have the opportunity to match. I think we look at this as as the Ravens want to get rid of the uh, to get rid of Lamar. Maybe the Ravens want to allow the market to show Lamar what he's worth, since he doesn't believe the Ravens' value when the Ravens are offering a contract. So I'm going to push back a little bit, Greeny, when you say he's open or he's available. I don't think he's available. I just think the bidding is out there to help the Ravens set the market. Well, but let's say that I hear you, but if someone were willing to give him the contract that we all believe he wants, I, I mean, I don't think we've ever heard these words from his mouth, but I think the overwhelming belief is that he wants the Deshaun Watson contract fully guaranteed. If someone offered that to him right now, I think there was reason to believe the Ravens wouldn't match it because they've been unwilling to go there all of this time. So that's what I mean, which is to say, if you give him what he wants, then I think there's reason to believe that he would become available. Does that make sense? Yeah, Green, I think that makes sense. I think the Ravens don't want to bid against themselves, though. So I think, Green, if you're looking at this negotiation and saying, why hasn't this deal got done in two years? It's because Lamar thinks he's worth X. The Ravens are willing to pay X because there's nobody to, to bid against because they own all the cards. That's what we that's what we have to look at, Greeny. They can franchise him twice if they want to, Greeny. So Lamar can't go anywhere. So if you're the Ravens, why would you set a precedent when you don't have to? Take the Deshaun Watson contract, Greeny, and set it aside because there were circumstances from, from Deshaun Watson's standpoint and the Brown standpoint that they came in. They had to do something that had never been done to get Deshaun Watson. The Ravens don't have to do that. They can just franchise Lamar and say, Lamar, the ball's in your court. So maybe the Ravens want to go out and uh, allow the market to, to set the bar for what Lamar is worth. That way they don't negotiate against themselves and say, hey, Lamar, whatever you want, we'll give you $250 million. They don't have to do that. Yeah, I, I get it. That makes sense. It is exactly. Mm. The way Booger just laid that out is how it's been described to me as to the business side of this. I think the problem that we all have here as we talk about it is it feels like we're taking away from Lamar's ability, his talent. Yes. We know he's it, it, what he's been able to do. We know the Ravens, their win percentage when he's on the field versus when he isn't. It's, it's significantly different. But I don't blame Lamar, right, for doing this. I don't blame Lamar because the, the, the Deshaun Watson contract set a new precedent. It set a new bar, and it's what he wants. So I think it's just difficult for us to all decipher this because we can see all sides of it. When it's all said and done, will he wind up having to take a non-guaranteed contract? Will, will he wind up having to settle for less than what he wants, regardless of what the money is, would not get the guarantees? I think he digs in. I think he's a prideful young man. I think he believes in his ability. And even if he's franchised twice or once, he's still going to be 27 or 28 years old. Mm -hmm. And if that Lamar Jackson hits the, the open market, he'll get more or equal to Joe Burrow or Herbert, which is going to – listen, the price is going up. Yeah. Just like Dallas wasting time trying to sign Dak and they had to pay more, the Ravens have to pay more. Final word, Herman. I hope they get it worked out. And if not, Lamar, two years.
Sign a two-year contract. Well, I mean, playing two years on the franchise tag would be kind of that, right? $70 million, $70 million, million dollars in, in two your years. pocket, and then you go from there. We'll see where it winds up. Okay, uh, we know the championship week continues here uh, this afternoon at the Big 12 championship quarterfinal games today, 1230 and 3 o'clock Eastern, uh, and then West Virginia top seed Kansas. Both games on the ESPN and the ESPN app, so you can watch from anywhere. First take, revved up and ready to go. How will Kevin Durant's durability impact their title hopes? And can Aaron Rodgers play at an MVP level if he comes to the Jets? First take, Molly, Stephen A. and company ready to roll next on ESPN. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Get Up is brought to you by the Oscars on ABC Sunday, March 12th, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. Meanwhile, XFL action coming your way Saturday night. 3-0 Roughnecks taking on the Guardians on FX and ESPN Deportes, followed by the Brahmas and Sea Dragons. Then Sunday on ESPN2, Renegades and Battlehawks. And then the Vipers and the 3-0 Defenders. Every game available on ESPN+. A sauce gardener is my spirit animal. <laughs> uh, that's pretty much all you need to tweet as far as I am concerned, as we work our way towards first take here, I just continue I know. turning ah, all, all morning long. All I can tell you is hopeful, poised, excited, all those words New York is right now. And we all sit and we wait for Aaron Rodgers to make his decision. We're going to be okay. Trust me. We love you, Mike. We're going to be all right. Never been okay before. You're going to be okay. All right. We'll see. The first take starts now. <laughs>